Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, yeah. I'd create a gif out of that too because I just looked into your eyes and did the yes, yes right on those uh, airlines team cameras. That's for all the ladies in the balcony. What's up? <laughs> Welcome in. It's Balloon Party. Jackson? Yes, yes, indeed it is. 101 ESPN, YouTube. Uh, 314-399-9646 is how you can partake in the program on what is being described as a wide berth Wednesday. And that means I will be paying the audience from my Venmo. Yeah, if they bring in the heat. For a deep dive topic. Yep. All right, text them in or you can uh, go for it in the YouTube chat. And just because I may be biased towards the YouTube chat, that doesn't mean that's where you're going to win. But I'll say this, for every... One post in the YouTube chat, I would say the program gets about 20 texts. Yep. Point being, it's easier for me to see a YouTube deep dive request. You see what I'm saying? You follow that? Totally, yeah. Okay. We, don't, uh, we don't discriminate based on what platform you use, but it, it is uh, you will be more visible in the YouTube That's chat. That's correct. That's exactly right. Uh, so yeah, so coming in, the water is warm. You can leave a mic drop as well via the 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you on the program, and uh, we welcome you to participate in what is uh, Angry Beaver... Little Piddles half. Ah, little Piddles half and half. I didn't know if it was going to be a half and half. All right, let's get it going, and let's see what the people have for the deep dive request. We'll let you uh, congregate and decide and, and ship those into the YouTube chat on the 101 ESPN channel and also text them in. Meanwhile, Jackson begins with question number one of today's Angry Beaver half and half. College football playoff rankings came out last evening and there is officially a shuffle from the AP poll. Ohio State came out as number one in front of undefeated Georgia and the Michigan Wolverines. Do you buy into the narrative that Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs will now be more motivated to hashtag prove the haters wrong and use this as bulletin board material to take it to the Tigers? Uh, here's the thing. When, you, when you're doing a Gallup poll, the phrasing of the question is so important because what the phrasing of that question told me, you think, is that this is BS. Hmm. I well, that is my opinion. However, I'm sorry. However, thank you. I think uh, I didn't mean to phrase it in a, in a way to do that. Because buying the thing into about the bias is sometimes we're not even aware of it. Yeah, subkey, yeah. subconscious. Yeah. So. Um, I guess subconsciously I might have, but um, I don't really know how to phrase it other than, do you think? I guess buying into a narrative is kind of a... You see what I'm saying? It frames no, I hear it. I totally, it frames it. I hear you. I, 
because I think one of the things that was working to Missouri's advantage is that Georgia is in the middle of the Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee run, and that maybe coming off of the big win against Florida, they might be like, all right, we're in a good place. Anytime we need to play well, we can play well. At the same time, I don't know how much being ranked number two would change that. So um, the, the, the reality is, at least from my standpoint, if Georgia wins the rest of their games and if Ohio State wins the rest of their games, guess what? Georgia's going to be number one. Yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? 100%. Because they will have beaten Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Alabama or LSU. Right. I mean, that's the, Ohio State can't do anything about that. Ohio State has Michigan left, yep. and that's essentially it. The Big Ten championship is a... You know, grapefruit league game for sure. So uh, I don't know how much that motivates them. I would imagine Kirby Smart, who when they won the national championship last year, was interviewed on the field and said nobody thought we could do it. Nobody gave us respect all year, and yet they were ranked number one all year. So that was a surprising line to take. Right. And maybe if you keep telling players that they're not getting any respect, it becomes the boy who cried wolf. Mm-hmm. So maybe it doesn't work. Right. I mean, they were ranked number two. I think. Did, were you were you thinking Ohio State would be number one? Yeah. Well, if it was just based on, I, I never know because of the you committee know what the committee's prioritizing and right. the committee changes. So people are like, well, how? Some people I have seen go, how in the hell is Georgia, who hasn't lost, going back to what December? Uh, December right? twenty one. Yeah. How are they not number one? But this is a different team. So Certainly. this isn't. So what they did in twenty one and twenty two is irrelevant. You know, like TCU isn't still there. So these things change. And sometimes they change because of injury. Brock Bowers, sometimes they change just because there's roster turnover. So if they were going to base it based on what a team has done to date, Ohio State was the right answer, I thought. Yep. Um, I would have gone either Ohio State or Georgia, but I could have seen them going Michigan just because of the dominating way Michigan has won, but they really haven't played anybody yet. So with that all said, um, I don't know how much. I still think the fact that Missouri has a bye week in between the games with South Carolina and Georgia is advantageous, and the fact that Georgia is coming off of a rivalry game in which they played really well is advantageous for Missouri. So I would rather have those two things if I were given a choice over the... Uh, Georgia being ranked number one as opposed to what it wound up being, which is Georgia being ranked number two. Yeah, and and this might be coach speak, but um, I'll use it here. Coaches traditionally like to block out the noise, you know, do their best to, hey, we're focusing on this week. Don't listen to the rankings. Don't listen to pundits. Unless the noise comes from Lou Holtz, Lee Corso, Steve Smith, Dan Mullen. That has certainly shifted. Um, We have seen a shift in that this year. But, I mean, Kirby Smart is clearly a top-tier coach running a top-tier program. If you ask me who I think is the most talented team in college football, I will tell you Georgia Bulldogs. Ohio State has certainly played a tougher schedule and won. So I understand them being one, but I think the number one team in the country is Georgia. And I think because they control their own destiny, winning every game – is the only way to get to the playoff. Nothing else will motivate you outside of that. Getting at three straight is motivating. So it doesn't matter if it's Missouri across the side of the field or if it's South Carolina or Georgia Tech. It doesn't matter. You're going to go out there and try to decimate them because you want 
at all. You want to go, you've done it twice in a row. Now you want to do it three times. So I don't, I don't necessarily buy into the narrative. I understand I framed it in such a way that was uh, probably not the way a journalist should do it, but that's just kind of where I'm at. I don't think anybody looks at us as journalists. I think they look they at us as clowns. That's actually. fine. That's fine. Clowns, just one syllable clowns. Uh, Jackson, you have a second question in this Little Piddles Angry Beaver half and half before I go into the YouTube chat and the Air Comfort Service text line to see if I'm going to be Venmoing somebody $35. Sure. Uh, brief aside, I just tried opening my phone to get the questions up. And uh, when I wear this beanie or skull cap, yeah, yeah. or as they call it in Canada, toque, yeah. uh, my face ID doesn't work. I have to enter in oh, the passcode. Right? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it will work in the dark, but it doesn't work with a hat on. Whatever. Per awful announcing, Altman Salon, that's the name. It's not like a salon. It's not like a hair salon. Published a global sports survey. What's called a Gallup poll. Saying, I don't know where we're going with this. I'm Color me intrigued. Sure. Saying 60% of sports fans have trouble accessing at least one of their favorite leagues or teams. Does this surprise you? Either too high or too low? Ow. Do you think the large-scale shuffle of where to watch sports will be the new norm? Or will we fo- soon find centralized sports once again? Uh, as you know, I'm a big podcaster, yeah. and uh, the podcast I was listening to got it like five in the morning. As a matter of fact, this morning uh, was uh, Andrew Marchand and uh, John O'Ring's uh, sports media podcast. Mm-hmm. One writes for the Sports Business Journal, the other writes for the New York Post, and that was one of the topics. As a matter of fact, um, Marchand spent some time in the Midwest talking to people about their love or lack thereof for Bally's, mm-hmm. which is, of course, near and dear to the people here in St. Louis to the point that it has been renamed Bailey's. That's correct. And the hatred he found throughout the Midwest for <laughs> Bailey's <laughs> is intense. And he said the biggest thing that people dislike, which is eye opening to me because I think there are so many other things to dislike, <laughs> uh, is the fact that if you do have the streaming app, they charge you twenty five dollars. Uh, and then it oftentimes doesn't work, which was the case on Monday night. Right. Bailey's had an issue with its streaming app on Monday night, and if you have Sunday Ticket and YouTube TV, YouTube had an issue with it, and uh, Marchand said he contacted YouTube to see if they were going to offer a refund to people for Sunday, and nobody has responded to him, just like anybody else who reaches out to YouTube and you're <laughs> trying to get a customer service response. Uh, you just get put in one of those queues where the AI tries to answer the question for you, and then you want to bang your head against a wall. So so with that all said, uh, I would think if you would have said what percentage of American sports fans in 2023 have trouble finding, was that what the question was? Accessing at least one of their favorite leagues or teams. God, it's surprising to me that it's only three out of five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have thought it would have been in the 70s. It is a process. Like we both bet Cal against USC on know. Saturday. How do you get the Pac-12 network? And I'm like... How can I not watch USC on television in 2023? Right. Turns out, don't have Pac-12. Yeah, and I pay for so many different damn things. And I, uh, my son has these early morning skates, and hey, I love it. I'm not complaining. But so I took a little a little winter's nap mm. on Saturday afternoon. And the Colonel Gabriel P.D. Armand, who joins us every Friday here on Balloon Party and Mondays on TMA, uh, texted me, "Look at this, Kansas," and I'm like, "Ooh, that must be good because I had bet Kansas right. as well." Uh, and I woke up and I'm like, Kansas isn't on Channel 2 anymore. No, got pulled for the... Because uh, of the delay. Got yeah. pulled for Oregon and Utah. Right. And so it was like a, we're going back to the 1990s where I'm texting Gabe Diarmond, what channel is the game on? Yeah. Where do I find FS1 again? It's 
brutal. Yeah. And I would imagine, as here's the thing, for people who are listening to 101 ESPN, you know, you are a sports fan. And so I would imagine the percentage of 101 ESPN listeners uh, would be higher than 60%. It's, it's absurd. I think that you will see a solution in the near future, but in present day, yeah, it's, it's brutal. And here's the other thing, and Marshawn made this observation. He said, it, it, it actually, it's not like it's a lot of work, but it's a bit of a headache to grab the remote, close out the one app, and then open up Bingo, to go Tim. to bounce around. So like on Thursday, if you're watching NFL right. and the Blues are playing, and then what else would be? And then let's say there's a college football game or something that's on the you, Amazon. You're, game. you're all over the day. You're on Amazon. You're on your regular television package, Brilliant. and then you're you have to go to Bally's right. if you're in St. Louis and you want to watch a Blues game. It's a it's a pain in the ass. And so, in a strange way, the technology has actually had an inverse impact on sports fans from a positive user experience and also accessibility. That's the key, man. I'm, I'm a big channel flipper, especially now when you have the NFLs in swing, college football, NBA, hockey, baseball. If you want to, like, if you're only streaming and not don't have cable TV, like, you got to commit to the next move. Like, you can't just, like, flip, see the score, and flip back. It's going to take you a while. Yeah. So you got to commit to the flip, and it's it's just frustrating. And you're right. Like, technology has grown so much that we can watch sports pretty much on any device. Again, However, it's going the wrong way with accessibility and user-friendliness. So it is ass-backwards. I think it has to be remedied. But there is going to be a reckoning for these leagues and these teams because I don't think that the revenue is going to be there. And then that means a reckoning for the players because the salaries might not be there or the salaries may be there, but it will just come from owners who are looking to be the guy who wins a championship and doesn't care about losing a few hundred million dollars in order to do that. You know, uh, Stan Kroenke was already a billionaire. So it wasn't like he's like, oh, well, if I move him to L.A., I'm going to now be able to afford this vehicle. (laughs) It was, I want to be the guy in Los Angeles. I can't be the guy in Los Angeles with having the Rams in St. Louis. Legacy. So much is legacy now. All these quote-unquote biography uh, (laughs) quote-unquote documentaries that are really produced by the people who are the subjects and therefore filter the storylines. You have that as a prominent feature of the advents or that lack thereof in uh, in technology. All right, we will go. Uh, I'm going to go into the text inbox here in this commercial break, and I'll go into the YouTube chat and see if we have a deep dive. And if that's the case, I'm Venmoing somebody thirty five dollars for the deep dive request. Little Piddles has the Angry Beaver half and half as well. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Jackson Burkett. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, I'll tell you what, Jackson. You know what? You can say what you want about the people who listen to this show. And I'll keep that private to protect you. Talk about framing. By the way, why is Chris Russo dressed up as a doctor this morning? Uh, Are they know, uh, like, wasn't Halloween yesterday? <laughs> yeah, and maybe he was in his bikini yesterday walking around Manhattan. God, I, uh, I walk into the TMA studios this morning, and uh, Doug Vaughn and the Plowhawk, boy, boy, how about that inflatable Chewbacca costume? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know about that? <laughs> I'm like, well, your wife posted it on Facebook. 
And I go, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Too brute. Yeah. That's what yeah, I I mean, you know, she might have asked for permission, and it's actually in our wedding vows right. that I have to sign off on social media posts. Right. Um, but it may have... I may have signed when I was under the influence of one of eight different sleeping pills. Right. And so I might, I might have to litigate that. So yes, there are pictures of me in a seven foot, which is four feet taller than I actually am. Right. Like Billy Barty here that, uh, an inflatable Chewbacca. And I was just having conversations with the neighbors as I was walking around the I area. See that. Yeah. I was actually talking about golf courses in, in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to Captiva? Is that right? Yeah, I think the place I like to play is still underwater. Yeah, it's a, and I'm sitting there having a normal conversation in a inf- seven-foot inflatable Chewbacca. And then the guy goes, I don't know where to look because I don't know where you are in there. Right, because looking at the eyes is like like looking like what? Yeah, it was fun to watch somebody have a conversation with me and look upward. Right. Like it's you, never happened before outside of the Mickey Carroll interviews. Like you're staring at their Adam's apple and right. they're staring and they're three feet upward. above your head. I go, oh, man, this is kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's, what Jackson feels like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that's on social media. So we're going to have to have her account removed. And I'm in talks with Zuckerberg. But before I do that, uh, I support this audience, unlike others. <laughs> and I got to tell you, the, the texts have been wonderful. I like this one. It's not necessarily pleasant, but it's it's kind of a, a good question, I think. Because right, it, it, it's both stories and it's, it comes out of nowhere. And it comes, of course... From the YouTube chat. Now, I'm going to give you the pick of which one you want to go with. Because then this person's going to get $35 from my Venmo. I'm wielding a powerful shillelagh. And my man, capital M, and I'm not talking about like my gentleman lover, but Mm -hmm. my man (laughs) owes me some money and it hasn't come in yet. So I got to tell you, my Venmo isn't exactly where it should be because I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm doing pretty well here with this college football. Cool. Uh, Here are the the two, uh, then you can choose, Jackson. Word. Oh, isn't it cute? Tim and Piddles decided to dress alike. When did you guys decide to do that? What's that doing during the production meeting yesterday? That's from Courtney Alexander. I'm not picking that one. And then there is this one from Gary Kime. Uh, What is it like being on the radio slash in the media when a player passes away, i.e. Oscar Tavares, Josh Hancock, Daryl Kyle, I would also include Joe Buck, uh, not Joe Buck, Jack Buck. Uh, do you have any stories about when those occurred? The Tavares one, which was 2014, right. at that point, I was pretty much the, the clown that I am today, mm. which means I wasn't really in a spot where I would be covering it. Uh, also, that happened in the Dominican. Mm-hmm. And so it was not a local situation like... Uh, Daryl Kyle. I mean, I realized that wasn't in St. Louis, but Chicago. So I was flying up to Chicago within, and I was at Lambert within probably a half hour of getting the phone call. Josh Hancock, and as it turns out, I actually passed that accident scene and didn't know it. Oh, wow. And Jack Buck. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's a real lighthearted topic, but I I think it's interesting. And it kind of weaves in 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 what that's like. Uh, So with regards to starting with Jack Buck, it's a weird thing, but I've heard Joe talk about this and, you know, his dad, the last game he called was October, 2001 Cardinals and Diamondbacks, Tony Womack base hit, Kerry Robinson throw home, Diamondbacks beat the throw, win the series game five in a best of five and walk off fashion. And that was the last game Jack Buck ever called. Joe has told me the last time he ever heard his dad's voice 
was the night the Rams played the Patriots in Super Bowl 36. Mm. And that, of course, was February of 2002. Well, he didn't pass away until June of 2002. So you knew the situation uh, and you knew he was going to pass. But I recall being as young as I was at the time when I started at KMOV, 23 years old, they put obituaries together for people before they pass. Right. Um, as weird as it may sound, considering his troubles, it wouldn't surprise me if 54-year-old Matthew Perry, if networks had an obituary ready for him. And yeah. I bet Matthew Perry himself wouldn't have been surprised by that. But it'd be weird if they had one for Jennifer Aniston, for example. You see what I'm saying? The totally. Difference? Yeah. So with regards to, I, I recall that, and I go, that's kind of morbid. Morbid. Yeah. But it also was understood, I suppose. So at about 1040, the night he passed, um, I got a phone call from Channel 4, which is where I was working at the time. And my girlfriend at the time goes, hey, your phone's ringing. And this is back in the days, I guess, land. now I stay had a cell phone at that point. We were done with landlines. Uh, and I go, man, I bet my hero just died. I remember saying that. And I, wow. I, that's because that's how I, I viewed him. That's the, which I know may sound weird, but that's truly how I felt. I mean, that was the guy. And he lived up to it on top of it. And so then I went in and I anchored, uh, because it was overnight, they're not going to bring like Steve Savard, Doug Vaughn, or sure. Julius Hunter, or Larry Connors. You're going to have, you know, the, the slapdick, <laughs> right. uh, number three guy, handle it and then bring in the heavy hitters, like probably starting at five in the morning. And so that was, that was odd because I found myself in a spot where I was at times like fighting back emotion mm-hmm. and the city was glued to it. And I think Joe has said it was like, you know, it was like the Pope passing in St. Louis, and it truly was. Right. And I don't know if anything else can compare to that in St. Louis. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, and that's a compliment to Jack Buck and the legacy left, not just because of the caliber of broadcaster he was, but because of the caliber of person he was. He truly lived up to it. No BS about it. So then that takes place, and that was a weeknight. And so you're still in that mindset of holy crap this just happened and then a saturday afternoon and i'm going into anchor because i anchored on saturdays and i'm getting ready i recall and scott warman who you see on uh bailey's mm-hmm. uh, uh called me and said hey um have you heard about daryl kyle and I'm, I'm not even thinking you know you're not thinking about right daryl Darryl kyle's it's not even in your player. mind yeah. you know but the cardinals were about to play the cubs and I go, I have no, he goes, he died. And I go, Daryl Kyle died. What in the, you know, not even. Right. It's not even a thought it's, in it's, your it's mind. Like, it's just, it's it, that, that floors you. Whereas I, when the phone rang at 1050, I had a feeling what it was. Right. This one is totally different. And so, you know, within minutes, as I said, I'm on my way uh, to Lambert land head to where the Cardinals are staying, which is where he passed. And I had a rapport, you know, around relative, I guess I was a little younger than, than the guys on the team, but still in the same age range, being 25 and they're in their late 20s, or early 30s. And Steve Klein, famous character from that era with the Cardinals. Uh, Dave Veers, I believe, was on that team. Yeah, he was. Uh, and Isringhausen. Um and I remember seeing Isringhausen and Klein walk out of the hotel, and I'm like, and they're like, we just don't want to talk. And I mean, you just got to respect it. For sure. Um, and 
I believe, I don't know if texting was a thing then in 2002. I don't really think it was. Very rudimentary, like basic. And it's awful because you're like, you're asking, but that's your job and you're like, you want to respect it. It's a weird spot to be in. But then, you know, I mean, they're just, as you can imagine, you can't even begin to imagine actually what that is like. Not just losing a 32-year-old teammate, but that you showed up to Wrigley Field to play a game and he's not there. And initially it's like, oh, you overslept. But with that guy in particular, that wasn't that wasn't like guy who was out all night. He might be passed out somewhere. That wasn't his modus operandi. So then the initial like, oh, where is he? Then after a while, it's like, man, I hope everything's all right. And then when nobody's answering the hotel door and it's locked, then it becomes, oh, God. And then the reality of you find out he is gone. And on top of it, Daryl Kyle, while silent to the media, was truly a leader on that team. Part of those guys, he was he was the Bull Durham answer style. But he was a leader on that team without question. And that's not from me observing it. That's from those guys saying that. And that team then took that and then used it and went on a heater and truly believed they were going to win the World Series for Daryl Kyle. So when they lost next year in 2002, and by next year I mean after losing in a walk-off um, in 2001, and then to lose in a walk-off again in 2002, both with Steve Klein on the mound, uh, they were heartbroken, not just because they thought they had the team to do it, but because they wanted to honor him. When they would win the division and win the NLDS against the defending world champion Diamondbacks, they brought his jersey out on the field. They would spray it with champagne. I remember being in the clubhouse, and they would spray his jersey with champagne. They were playing for Daryl Kyle. And so that was that was a really good team, but a team that I think exceeded its expectations going into the season because it was playing with an intangible that no other team could possibly uh, relate to and no other team could possibly experience themselves unless you went through what that team went through. And then with Josh Hancock in 2007, that was a... You know, I didn't know him because I wasn't doing television anymore, but I still was around some of those guys. And we were at a bar uh, in Clayton, and it was me and some of the guys who were on the team. And then me and my significant other then headed back toward downtown, um, you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we actually passed the accident site, but it's an accident on westbound 40. We're not thinking anything of it. And then the next morning, you find out what happened. Unbelievable. And the thing that I thought outside of the obvious of a young man losing his life, that still to this day, 16 years later, bothers me, is it became not about... Josh Hancock's passing for the national media, and I don't know if it was the local media, I, I, but I do recall the national media because we had an ESPN writer on, and it irritated Jim Edmonds so much what he was saying that Edmonds called in to actually confront him about the things he was saying that it became this narrative that the Cardinals had a drinking problem, and then I think that's when they removed beer from the clubhouse. I think all teams did it, and it just became like an opportunistic let's 
white knight and you know like right. the fact that one guy was drinking now meant well that's the problem and we're not going to talk about the fact that a, that a young man lost his life we're just going to like start to applying we got to go fix it or blame it no we got to play the ba- blame game this is pre-twitter so you didn't have that crap going on but i, I that that part struck me you know that the topic wasn't josh hancock died it was do major league clubhouses have a problem with the drinking and right. you know the cardinals in particular you know i mean the stadium's named bush stadium you know and it just became it was dumb season yeah. it was media dumb season not that the seasons ever ended but it was like a high point you know it was the it was the uh the high point of dumb season and i thought man that's you know that's just not reality uh that that everybody in there is like lit up because there's beer in the clubhouse guys are gonna be able to find that if they want to whether it's sitting there or if they go to a place themselves uh and so then i think that combined with the advent of phones and social media then led to players going into shells they certainly don't go out like they used to and i'm not talking about they don't get lit up like they used to sometimes but they don't want to be out because if you're out anybody can say look at this picture of so-and-so the cardinals just lost a game and this shows that they don't care and it becomes a whole thing and so guys are more apt to go into shells as opposed to show their real personalities and so it is. It, I think it's played a role in a chasm between the fans and, and the players, and it's not exclusive to St. Louis by any means. I'm just saying guys are like, yeah, why would I mess with my career uh, because I'm going to get accused of doing something that I'm not doing. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I recall all three of those clearly because um, I was, I guess, in, in, uh, around right. those with Tavares. I was not around, but, um, yeah, I mean, the St. Louis baseball community has experienced you know significant loss of active players right you know I mean, that's active players that's not you know young men who died but had stopped playing these are active players and i can't imagine another organization dealt with that in the 21st century like the Cardinals. maybe so it's not a contest but point being it's a it's a unique set of circumstances your thoughts are welcome 314-399-9646 air comfort service text line this is balloon party on 101 espn when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jackson, yo, APB out to uh, Gary. Is it, do you pronounce it Kime? I'll go Kime. K-E-I-M. Yeah, that sounds like Kime. Okay. Uh, I went into the YouTube chat. And that had to be exciting for people to see, like, I'm a real person, too, because I think people probably assume I'm a creation of the New York elite. Yeah, yeah, industry plant. Right. Uh, and I said, and with my own tiny little fingers, because I have a boy of pincers. Yeah, I can barely see him. Uh, I said, Gary Kime, I owe you $35. What's your Venmo? So it's sitting there. Yeah. I'm ready to, I'm ready to fire that his way. It was a wonderful out. question. Somebody, you may not know this, Jackson. Okay. And you have to be probably in your 30s to know this. That the season... Daryl Kyle passed away, as I made reference to. They beat the defending world champion Diamondbacks. Uh-huh. 3-0, too. Swept that team. And that was still with Johnson and Schilling. 
and a wacky morning show in Phoenix called Flynn Kyle. And I can't remember. Somebody texted this in. That's his uh, wife, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I should have made that clear. Uh, let's see what the, the text said. Do you also remember how the dumb morning show from Arizona called Flynn Kyle in the playoffs and even told her she was super hot? I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Ugh. But that did happen. And uh, I don't recall. It's like, I wonder if that audio is somewhere. I mean, it, it, I remember hearing it then. And again, I'm whatever I was. I'm probably 25, actually, yeah. like yourself. And I was like, God, this is, it's, it's obviously, it's like hack. Yeah. Because of that saying. But it's, it's like, it's, it's like not even worth the obvious downside because it's not even funny. And here's right. a lady who lost her husband three months earlier. And I'm just going, who, like, who's like, oh, this will be worth it. So yeah, yeah that, uh, mm. that, that, that did happen uh, to the 314 who texted that in which uh, I hadn't thought about in a very long time, but that is accurate. You know, we've spitballed the idea of a sitcom based around the sports radio station. The Larry Sanders Show, for my money, the greatest show, comedic show, in television history. Right up it's, there. A, it's a hill I'll die on, Jackson. It's, it's, it's absolutely right up there. And that predates you, so the fact that you appreciate it. I love, yeah, well, Gary Shandling. HBO is a, uh, Max app, for those of you who'd like to get caught up on it. Yeah, Gary Shandling is a comedic genius. Jeffrey Tambor is Hank Kingsley. World class. But, uh, Rick Torn is Arthur. Yeah. If we were making a segment, or I'm sorry, not a segment, a, an episode or a scene where uh, something like that, I could see a program recommend. We need to get about 15% zanier. So however you want to do that, however you want to get more zany, you know, go ahead and do it. And that was their... That was their idea. And I'd be curious, like the, where are they now? The guy who called Flynn Kyle, and I think asked her out. I think that's what it was. Jeez, dude. Live on the air. I mean, again, I've made it clear. I'm full on transparent with this audience. Godless pervert. But even for, for me, I go, and it's not like, oh, I find that to be immoral because moral, you know, sli- it's a, it's a sliding, scale. sliding scale. But it's like, you can have your sliding scale of morality, but it's just not really all that amusing. Right, right. That's, that's kind of where, you the, know what I mean? Yeah, there's stuff like that the, you... The juice is not worth the squeeze. Girl Next Door, which you say is good. Um, 2003, Timothy Oliphant, Alicia Cuthbert. Either a three or a four. I still have to finish it. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound like an endorsement. I hate to say it, but yeah, that is the truth. But yeah, I mean, like, whenever you do stuff like that, like you weigh like, well, it is somewhat funny, but that's not even like, close to funny or it's... Yeah, I'd be curious what that guy's doing now. Yeah, that's... He's probably yeah. doing HD2. If he's yeah, lucky. Uh, let's see. Oh, he asked Flynn if she had a date for the game. Oh, oh God, it's been 20 years, and I got to tell you, Ugh. like that makes me like I felt like I was going to projectile vomit right into the Air Alliance team camera yeah, right there. And what a treat that would be for those of you in the YouTube. That'd be great. He like probably would ask the question and turn to the other host and giggle, and it's yeah. just like, dude. And then like play like a sounder with a horn or something. Or a slide whistle. That's if you're trying to get zanier. You need at least three slide whistles an hour. Well, Arizona is back in the playoffs, uh, but this time in the World Series for the first time since uh, the team that uh, the Cardinals swept uh, as they were the defending champions in 2002, and that's when the Flynn-Kyle call happened. And they are breaking records for this World Series, Jackson. Breaking records. Every game, a new low. It's like every balloon party is a new low. Right, yeah, you think we can get lower. Yeah, Uh, Friday night. Lowest World Series ratings ever. But then Saturday night came around. Lowest World Series ratings ever. And then Monday night came around. And they had 8 million people watching a World Series game. And as Doug Vaughn said, to give some context to it, 
add in a lot of people in a country this size. No, it is not. Uh, and my guess is, of course, I haven't seen the ratings. I usually get the overnight sent to me by executives at the various Forbes companies you have I own. A fax machine next to your bed. I do a fax machine. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, I would imagine last night's ten nothing Rangers lead in the third inning didn't captivate the nation. I'd like to be a fly in the wall of Manfred's office while he sees 10 nothing in the third inning of an already lowest-rated World Series ever. I, uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Paisley. When I say that name to you, what does that mean to you? He is the uh, overnight board operator at the station. He also collects audio from a multitude all of sources. All over the place. Yeah, all multitude. And he sent audio from an ESPN radio interview that Rob Manfred did yesterday when he was asked about all of these higher seeds losing and wondering if the bye week, bye five games, if it's not a week, mm-hmm. for these top teams is having an impact on this two-year-old playoff format in which uh, no seed other than the sixth seed has represented the National League to date. And then uh, the Texas Rangers, who were right there to win the American League West, if we want to be fair For sure. in our conversation. They were a 90-win team, but either way, uh, they did not win their division. So once again, you have two wild cards uh, and saying, is this a problem for baseball? And I really, I, I don't know if I, I do. Ha- I know I have it in me. I mean, I watched three hours of Missouri, <laughs> Texas A&M from 1998. So I absolutely have it in me <laughs> to go back. Cause he said 11% of 100 win teams have won the world series. That was the audio I heard that yeah. was sent by Michael Paisley. I don't know if it's up for you. Uh, yeah, I can probably you can, if you can grab it, I don't want to put you on the spot cause I didn't call for it. And that's not fair to you, but he goes, this is nothing new. And I'm like, I would imagine that that's like kind of like what somebody who is running a campaign for somebody who's about to bow out of the race would do when asked, you know, your candidates got 1% of the vote in Iowa before the caucuses. Uh, you guys concerned? Maybe thinking about bowing out? Well, if you take a look at, you know, the counties in northwestern Iowa, uh, you would see that we're actually doing very well. And we noticed an uptick uh, here. Here is what we got. Take a listen. I have always believed that one of the great things about our postseason is its unpredictability. I mean, you, you, you think back about the history of the game. 69 Mets, who figured they were going to win, right? I mean, that's one of the great, great things about the game. So the and look, we have since 1980. I can't even tell you how many formats we've played in. We went back and looked. Of all the 100-win teams, 11% of those teams have gone on to win the World Series. This is not new. God, that's so cherry-picked. I mean, in a way, it's like if I watch somebody, like I saw they're like shoving with a flush draw, and I'd say really good play. I'd go, I tip my cap. I know what you're doing, but, you know, I get it. And I'm not 100% certain that you're on a flush draw. Like there's a chance you got a set of threes. But I've been around long enough to know what you're doing. I respect it in a way, even though I know it's just total error and BS. Just for the record, regarding the 1969 Mets. That's to say, 54 years ago. There were not 12 teams in the playoffs after 162 games. Nor were there 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, (laughs) 6, or 5. There was a best of five series between the Braves and the Mets. I didn't even know it was the Braves. Was it the Braves? See, 69. You're asking about the 69? Yeah. Do you series? recall the 69 series? It was yeah, a sweep. Right. And then those same Braves were swept by the Cardinals in 1982. 
courtesy of a rain delay. Cardinals, when they win World Series, get breaks from rain delays. Look that up. That actually is true. I'm not making that up because I'm not the commissioner. Uh, yeah, they swept the Braves 3-0. Yeah. Uh, and the Orioles swept the Twins 3-0. Well, that's great. I mean... I guess if you got to go back to 69 I was about to, to say like to execute your, your points that's your example is from 50 almost 55 years well, ago. Well, if you remember at Woodstock same year. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you're playing 162 games and the team with the 6th best record is playing the team with the 5th best record. And it's not like Phoenix and Dallas are small cities. Uh-uh. Like there's this thing about small markets big markets and I don't know that sometimes that's a that's a misnomer when it comes to baseball. Because the Cardinals get called a small market, and television-wise, yes, relative to other cities, it is. But with attendance, there is there is something to be said for that. So th- th- your your issue is you aren't having the best teams play. Yeah, that's your issue. Yep. So therefore, if you don't have your best teams, then you don't have stars, and if you don't have stars, you don't have viewers, and if you don't have viewers, you have a problem. And that is what I can continue to hammer on. This isn't about the Cardinals. This is about someone who loves the game of baseball and enjoys the regular season and the grind of pennant races, and the pennant race is now evaporated because even if you get in, it's like, oh, well, I hope we do well in this best of three. <laughs> right. You know, why don't we just like roll dice in the alley and then that team can advance and save some time? But he's never going to say that because they need the television money for all these effing games. That's what's really going on. I imagine people know that. So that's why we cite the 69 Mets in 2023. <sighs> I'm getting worked up. I can't get worked up in Georgia week. I can't get worked up before Saturday at 2 30. Pull it together, boy. 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 Did that stand out to you as well? The what the sixty nine thing? Yeah, it was the first <laughs> the sixty nine thing. thing. The New York Mets in nineteen sixty nine. I know what you're trying to do, and you're trying to appeal to a <sighs> yeah. sophomoric audience, and I won't have it. November is when I usually work blue. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. Uh, yeah, that was the first thing I, I heard. He goes, "Who would have thought of sixty nine Mets?" I was like, "Who are you trying to appeal to here?" Right. I'm twenty five years old. I don't know a single player who played for the sixty nine Mets, and that's your example for unpredictability. What about the Cardinals in two thousand eleven? God Almighty! Oh, I. Had- I got my dander up early in the morning when I played that sound, but I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Who would have thought the 69 Mets? Yeah, I guess. I need to do a bio. But there were four teams. It's not about format. It's about how many teams are in. And you can say if that falls under the guise of format, then fine. But you play 162 games, and you have a bad two nights, and you're gone. While some team that lost, you know, 30 more games than you goes right past you. What are we doing here? Wow, the ratings are bad. Well, it's because the sixth best team's playing the fifth best team from the other league. This isn't tough. No. I'm not yelling for sports talk radio effect. I'm legitimately bothered by this. Which is rare. I know. I don't get worked up about much. Watch me at 2.30 on Saturday, though. Yeah, you and me both. This is Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. YouTube. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. Boy, it's 1058. <laughs> Playoff format. God. That's gone. Mad Dog's dressed as a doctor. I think he's dressed as a doctor. Now that I'm looking at it, I think he might just like have a lanyard on that I thought was a stethoscope. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, either way. Uh, I just heard you guys talking about ratings are bad for the World Series. They are. They are uh, record-setting bad. 
Me personally, of course it is. Baseball is a localized sport, so when you don't have Dodgers, the hated Astros, Red Sox, Yankees, and Cardinals not in it, when those teams are nationally known, you won't get good ratings then, at least for a casual fan. Your hardcore fan will watch regardless, but it's about the casual fan. Uh, I agree. I agree with the overall. On the casual fan, I think you can have teams that aren't necessarily, and I and I obviously love the St. Louis Cardinals, but I, I don't know if the Cardinals necessarily bring eyes to televisions or streaming devices per se. Uh, I do think the Dodgers and Yankees and Red Sox uh, do, but um, I think star power is really what is... And, and I mean, listen, I can name some members of the Diamondbacks because I play fantasy baseball like a power nerd. But the, the casual fan, I mean, how many people, you know, he's going to be the rookie of the year, but Corbin Carroll, I mean, he's yeah. sick, but I mean, right. how many people know how great he is? Uh, the 2001 Diamondbacks, same kind of deal, but yeah. they had Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling. Their offense was really kind of garbage. Uh, I remember covering that series in Phoenix and St. Louis. And God, man, there's nobody can really hit on this team. Uh, Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, but, the uh, player I could name. But uh, it was just about Schilling and Johnson. So if you, But those were stars. Right. And that's what I'm saying here. And uh, now, I mean, the Rangers are up 3-1, to one, but there's no Garcia the rest of the way. Yeah. Do you think if the Phillies were in it, they would be seeing these record low numbers? No, I do not. Okay. Because I think of star power... Um, Philadelphia is also a big market. Philadelphia is comparable to Dallas as far as market size goes. And uh, I think that there's just uh, some energy around that team. That, yeah. But I, still, I don't think people would be like super engaged. No, it's not like But I, I agree with this overall point that the 636 sent in, and that speaks more to baseball's issues with marketing stars. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I know some people were tilted watching that first Connor Bedard game against the Bruins, but it was an obvious, concentrated effort by the NHL to market stars and create this, you know, ridiculously talented player into the next generation of stars. Yeah. You know, okay, Absolutely. we've got it with McDavid, we've got it with Matthews. Crosby's toward the end. We got to find another one. Let's hype it up. And oh, magically, the Blackhawks won the draft lottery. So let's talk Connor Bedard. And I understand why they're doing it. Baseball has struggled with that. All right, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are up next. Reaction Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas Burkhard, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.